0: Listening to the Authenticity Show, where you get to eavesdrop on great conversations about health, creativity, and the quest for excellence. Your hosts are Carlos Casados and Satch Purcell. This episode is about the metaphors that permeate our daily lives. Metaphors are everywhere. In this first segment, Carlos and Satch discuss metaphors associated with their particular fields NLP, hypnotherapy, Chinese medicine, acupuncture, and you don't have to be an expert in these fields to enjoy this conversation. It's far-reaching and pretty deep, so let's go.
1: I was listening to David Grove, who is a clean language specialist who is no longer with us. He's deceased now, but um, he originated clean language, and he was discussing... Metaphor as being related to two things: uh, the, the four being, as in amphora, right, like a c- container. It was a container and meta, that was that which is beyond or, or that transmits across, right? Like oh, not like trans, okay. but like so. A container for the beyond. A container kind of. for so, or something that's that's beyond. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's great. And okay. so he uses language to um, ask questions mm-hmm. to get at the location and the center of the metaphor within your consciousness. And I just thought that was really interesting.
0: Wow. Being a hypnotist
1: and being someone who works uh, in a therapeutic setting and and uh, wow. helping people to resolve stuff. Uh, I'm blown and, away by so that. So I just that's, wanted that's to share amazing. that. Um, and yeah. it was James Tripp who introduced me to David Grove. I'd heard of clean language, but um, but uh, James Tripp is, a, is an exemplar uh, hypnotist in the sense that he really is good at zeroing in on things through questions and through mm. the reflection and the uh, circular process of that discussion. He keeps it. He keeps each question and each um, portion of the interaction, yeah, le- kind of following it out and seeing where it leads, and then utilizing it. And one of the tools he uses in that toolbox is clean language. Okay. Then he, when he when he mentioned David Grove, I hadn't heard of this person named David Grove, and I looked into him and I started looking for videos and anything mm. by david grove and i'm just kind of peeling back that right now i haven't gone super deep into it okay. because since we mentioned metaphor i thought that was an interesting idea that is very interesting when you describe
2: that i started to have, to have this desire immediately like i want to get to the center of my metaphor yeah you know what is my metaphor my consciousness i don't even know what that is you know what i mean but right. i want to know well yeah, i'm curious
1: it's like things we've talked about before when when people describe uncomfortable traumatic experiences they describe it in language that can be fed back to them through the questions, and r- dissociations can be created by using by changing pronouns, okay, you or that or this, right? You can you can change the way you direct the attention, and ideas um, that that have been already given to you by the by the client who've described this traumatic experience can be fed back in a loop, which helps you to determine more information about how they're experiencing it. Okay. And when you do that, a picture starts to form that can tell you valuable information, like for example, where it's located. And then they, per, that person can direct their attention to the center of that located space that they're relating uh, as a trauma. Mm-hmm. So let's say they, it, they say it feels like my head's burning. Oh, so if, you're, if your head's burning... Um, and this isn't the correct clean language process, but okay. but the idea behind it is, you know, kind of getting back, well, where in your head is it specifically. Oh yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and in a way you can kind of start to zero in on the center of where it actually sort is. Sort of like therapeutic questioning. Therapeutic questioning. Yeah. And it ends up being that that ultimately um they flesh out more details that they hadn't originally stated. Right. Okay. Yeah, and through the yeah. questions you're asking more and more questions about Um, how they're experiencing it until they go into a trance of their own making. You're just helping them to feed it back and they can regress to an earlier time when that resource that they were needing was still there. And you can bring them back to the point just Mm. before whatever perceived experiences that they had caused them to lose the resource, which is what they're now complaining about in in a veiled form. They're not saying, hey, I don't I'm missing a resource. They're saying yeah. I've got migraines or I have problems in my relationships because I was molested or raped or yeah. they have they have a conscious description, but then the unconscious part is this metaphor. Very interesting. And so this questions process wow. through clean language and this okay. the style of, of hypnotic okay. therapeutic processing is um identifies the metaphor and helps them to unravel and get back the resource that they were needing so that they can heal it wow that's very interesting because
2: a lot of what you're describing reminds me of the experience i have and i'm going to use headaches as an example Mm -hmm. of every time i treat somebody who's got headaches you know yeah (laughs) because it's like oh yeah i I get these bad headaches and these headaches are just killing me okay all right so where are these headaches Well, just kind of all over my head. Okay. Um, Well, are they on the front of your head, the sides of your head, the top of your head, the back Mm -hmm. of your head? Are they in your eyes? Are they behind your nose? Are they more like, oh, well, I guess they're on the sides. Okay. So are they on the sides, like, kind of closer to your eyes on the sides? Are they more like by your ear? Or are they kind of up higher on the side about the top of your head? Mm -hmm. And we just kind of, you know, you just sort of can't give up until you realize you've reached a point where the person just really can't describe it anymore. Like Mm -hmm. they really truly don't know Mm -hmm. because most of the time they just weren't paying attention. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. they actually have the answers. They just didn't know that they could pay attention at that level of detail. Mm -hmm. And then you can usually figure it out. Then the funny thing that happens is you stick a couple needles in. Okay. Now where's your headache now? Mm -hmm. And then I'd say maybe seven out of 10 times they'll go, oh oh that's funny now it's more in the front like above my eyes oh okay so you came in complaining with temple headaches and now we put in a few needles and now the headache is really in the front now right and we do a couple more needles and then it's like well where's the headache now you know what's weird but maybe i feel a little bit still on the top of my head now it's the top of the head now i've come to the conclusion that it's still the same headache they're just now looking at their headache from a completely different angle because right. I took away one of the perspectives. Yes, and <laughs> you know? can I give yeah. you perspective yeah. on
1: language? Because
2: yes, yeah, this is, very, this is where this, this can meld together. Yes, really absolutely,
1: yeah. and, and we've been meaning to talk about this for yeah. a while too. Yeah. Um, there, when you did the, the sort of basic intro to NLP, did they talk about presuppositions?
2: Uh, either through them or through you i've heard of the basic idea of a okay so, so so just to recap somewhere along the line i've picked um, up the idea,
1: presuppositions but. are inherent in language they're they're things that are being said or implied through the statement itself that that may go beyond the sentence that's actually said so in other words yeah um the, your example to use your example you said and where is that headache now now yeah. That implies that it's still there. It's, well, uh-huh. it does, but it also implies that it's not in the same place. Oh, now. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, you're opening up the possibility and the probability that it's not in the same place. You're saying, where is that headache now? Even that tonality right. and that pause that you put in there uh-huh. implies that there's significance to the word now, as if something has now changed. Yeah. So, in order to answer okay. the question, to some degree, there has to be an acceptance that a change has happened now. Yeah. And so as you I never thought of that. And then the yeah. the nonverbal part of it where you're uh-huh. putting a needle in, obviously you're doing something. So without them knowing anything about acupuncture, but uh-huh. knowing that they're coming to an acupuncturist, there is an implication there that you're doing something. Therefore, as they're chasing this experience, chasing the the um, sensations and trying to get more and more refined as you ask the question, Mm -hmm. you're also helping them to root out the metaphor in their head. Yeah. Yeah. And in a sense, you, you, you've unconsciously acquired Hmm. that language hypnosis too, Hmm. in what you're doing. (laughs) That's so interesting. Wow. Well, you know, it goes back to the idea that, that
2: Chinese medicine is way more than just some, some techniques you use on people. It's, it's a, way of communicating with people it's a way of inspiring confidence yeah you know it's connected to ancient tradition it's Mm -hmm. you know it's it's so much more that the the local chinese doctor of ancient times was the local psychologist as well as the local physician Mm -hmm. you know he's the local counselor he's the local wizard yeah absolutely that's it He's, he's the wizard yeah but um what's interesting is you know we're having a conversation about um metaphors Mm -hmm. and analogies and, you know, these kinds of things, the entire Chinese medicine system comes prepackaged with all of these metaphors and analogies that are just built right into it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, like is the disease a hot disease or a cold disease, right? Um, is this, you know, each organ is likened to, uh, something in nature, like the liver is wood, the heart is fire, the kidneys are water, you know what I mean? And so yeah. and so each one of those, those metaphors, the deeper you get into it, the more you realize it really does. They, they did a good job of picking, of carefully identifying the right metaphor for each organ. And I sometimes wonder, how did they do that so well? It's pretty brilliant. But they did a really, really good job, you know, a really, really good job um and some of them at first when i learned them they didn't make sense the lungs are metal (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know the lungs are metal you know what's that lungs don't seem like metal to me you know what i mean and so but then as time went on and i started to accept the metaphors they end up working very well from a treatment perspective yes like like uh, even though i don't think of lung tissue as having anything to do with metal the way the the lung diseases cause other diseases or the way other organs will counteract or promote diseases of the lungs are right in line with the metaphors. Mm -hmm. It's very, very strange. You know,
1: it's, it's logical. It's just, we don't always understand the logic immediately going into it. It's, it's inductive because you have to be in the middle of it. Right. You sort of, when you learn Chinese medicine, you have to accept that you don't, understand it in order to learn it exactly yeah you can't say oh i'm gonna understand each piece as i learned it you go no i'm gonna memorize a bunch of pieces and i'm gonna kind of like figure it out right like as you go along that's exactly how you have to do it um
2: the they they tell you when you study chinese medicine or oftentimes they tell you they should tell you um just memorize everything whether you understand it or not because if you don't you'll never understand it but at some point you'll get to where you're like, I'm so glad I memorized this because only now am I able to start to see how all the pieces fit together. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a strange thing to study because once you learn it, it is internally logical. Mm-hmm. But it may not necessarily be externally logical. Like you look at it from the outside, you're like, that's just stupid. You know, you, you don't have a wind cold. You know, the wind cold isn't going to get into you and make you sick. That's just yeah. dumb. Research has already shown that cold doesn't make you sick. You know, and there's all that. We're like, oh, that is, speaking of presuppositions, that's presupposing that we understand what cold even means mm-hmm. to a Chinese doctor. It mm-hmm. does not mean what a Westerner says. Yeah. Or what, what? it does not mean what a Westerner thinks, I should say. Um, uh, but there we go. We use cold, heat, damp, wind, fire, dryness um summer heat right there are all Mm -hmm. these these naturalistic metaphors that describe yeah summer cold yeah there's all these interesting things that we get right dampness dampness yeah and so people might say well what do you mean dampness like you're not going to just get sick because you live in a damp environment oh yeah you know what happens when you're out in the jungle too long and it's swampy and damp what happens to your skin what happens to your feet you do get fungal infections. You yeah. do get skin yeah. breakdown. You do. I mean, the, there's something to it. There's, there's, it's metaphorical, mm-hmm. but it really is going somewhere and it does lead to a real logical way of categorizing conditions and finding treatments that are useful. It just is, Yeah. you know, it's, it's very interesting how, how it all works. But, um, one of the ones I love is that, you know, the liver is wood, right? The liver is wood. And, Um, But when they say wood, they don't mean like dry dead wood, the way we think of it. They mean living green plants, bushes. You know, that's what they mean by wood. Mm -hmm. You know, so go, oh, okay. So even when we translate it into English, the metaphor doesn't quite carry over. We still need more commentary. We're talking about living plants. Okay. You know what I mean? And so then um, now it makes sense why somebody with weak kidneys develops liver problems at least from a chinese medicine perspective Mm -hmm. because water nourishes plant life Mm -hmm. and then plant life if it doesn't have its mother which is water then it becomes dry and when it gets dry it catches fire and so that's the order right water promotes wood wood promotes fire fire promotes earth earth promotes metal metal promotes water you know and Hmm. the cycle continues um yeah metaphors it's it's interesting
1: I mean, Interesting. as an acupuncturist, you you live by those metaphors. Yeah, I you mean know, that's that's how you I make find your them living. You yeah, use, I find them useful. Be, yeah, but there are also a lot of um, philosophical metaphors that yeah. we use that oh, maybe yeah. don't have directly to do with Chinese medicine or or health. I mean, they're things that yeah. we we figure out along the way, and 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 the the memes and mottos that come along as well. I mean, yeah. we learn some in martial arts. Totally, totally. Yeah. You know. Calmness in the heart of movement is the secret to all power. Right, right. right. That's from John yeah. Uh, "Yeah, Secret and Sublime.
2: Totally. Or or um, as an acupuncturist, one of the coolest things I learned from one of my teachers, uh, Zhao Wang, I loved Zhao Wang. He was mm-hmm. a great teacher. He taught us that, um, uh, which is an ancient concept, that when you reach out and grab the needle, you become as aware as though you're standing on the edge of a cliff. Hmm. That was such a beautiful way of teaching me to be mindful in that present moment when Mm -hmm. I'm doing something important. Am I as mindful as though I'm standing on the edge of a cliff? No. Well, then I need to get like that Mm -hmm. in order to do a good job. Or he would say, when you reach out and grab the needle, you grab it as though you're grabbing the tail of a tiger. (laughs) You know, so there's a a certain amount of respect and caution, yet you got to be deliberate. You got to pay attention. You know, you better not do this mindlessly. That's a tiger's tail you're grabbing. Yeah. You know, those sort of metaphors um, can do incredible things to your physiology. I can, I could feel like my posture change when I go in to treat somebody and I remember one of those metaphors. Yeah. You know, I feel um, my mindset change, the way I'm thinking about everything completely adjusts and shifts as soon as I'm aware, like I'm standing at the edge
1: of a cliff or I'm grabbing the tail of a tiger, you know. Another motto that falls in line with that, the mind and the body are one. The mind and the body are one, yeah. You know, what's it, the every, difference? Yeah. yeah, what's the difference? Everything that your body is manifesting has its roots somewhere in thinking. Yeah. In your in your thoughts and feelings. So yeah. uh, the mind body, not just the body or the yeah. mind. Yeah, yeah, I love it.
0: You're listening to The Authenticity Show with your hosts, Carlos Casados and Satch Purcell. In this next segment, Carlos and Satch discuss mottos that they live by, personal philosophies, ways of dealing with the world. Not surprising that there's a lot of wisdom in here. I love these guys.
2: So, Carlos, do you have any mottos that you live by or that you have lived by?
1: Yeah, a lot of them. Um, I mean, there's so many. I mean, NLP itself has is rife with them. I mean, we have the, we call the 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 14 laws of success or the uh, sometimes called the 14 presuppositions. Um, oh, okay. And, you know, there's some great ones in there um, that I've, ever since learning them, I've... Yeah. I've incorporated them into my life. Okay. Uh, One of them is entering into the model of the world of the person that you're working with. So, respect for the other person's model of the world is the presupposition. I see. Um, And that's super important for understanding other people. And I've made strong effort to get good at entering into people's model of the world. I mean, it's partly why I'm doing uh, spiral somatics with James Sakalos right now is to, is to learn how to do that even better. Yeah. Even deeper. Really dive into their model of the world. Yeah. Because when you do that, it's easier to understand people and it's easier to forgive them. It's easier to, um, it's easier to get along with them. It's easier to, um, Understand how to be more relevant when you're speaking to them, because yeah. otherwise, what you say will be a bit like uh, two ships passing in the night. You know, your, your communication won't won't land, and and yeah. so there's, there's all sorts of good reasons to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. Another one that comes up for me a lot is um, uh, the person with the most flexibility of behavior will control the system. That's I the of that requisite one. variety. I love yeah. that one. I love that one too. Yeah. And. As we have read
2: recently, um, that's really what makes an alpha an alpha, mm-hmm. right? Is that idea that the alpha is not the bully, but the yeah. alpha is the one who's actually the most socially flexible mm-hmm. and ends up leading because of that. That's yep. really who the alpha is. Yeah, um, and it's right in line with that. Yeah, yeah I love yeah. that. I love that. It's beautiful. Wow.
1: Um, there's just so many uh, people are not their behaviors. You know yeah. to to remember that you know rather than saying. You're an a hole, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. To, to recognize even the slight step down from that, you're behaving like. Yeah, you're you behaving know, like or, an a hole. Or yeah. um, that type of behavior sucks. You know what I mean? That's now you're mm. getting even further away to the point of, you know, I don't like that behavior. Yeah. To the point of that behavior, I feel this way when uh-huh. that behavior happens. He's kind of like gradually getting further and further away from you're an a hole. Yeah, the identity yeah. of so that, yeah. that that idea is really helpful if you don't want to um, have more conflicts than are necessary. Yeah, in your life, yeah, with people, yeah, uh, to be able to separate that and to and to love them for who they are.
2: Yeah, talking about um, you know being able to tease out those things. Um, there is a Somali proverb hmm. that says, um, "If you cannot solve a problem with peace, then you can't solve it with war." Yeah. Which really makes sense. It's one of those things that you kind of go, well, that actually does make sense. Because if you did go from, okay, well, peace failed. Well, let's solve this problem with war. Like, well, you might hurt each other and cause damage and one side might win, but did you solve the problem? Mm -hmm. (laughs) The problem itself was never solved. You know what I mean? So what's the
1: point in going to war if you can't solve it with peace, you know? Right. Which kind of rolls into uh, Einstein's thing, you know, about the problems we face today cannot be solved by using the same level of thinking that was used in the creation of the problem. Yes. We need a whole new level of thinking in order to, to Mm -hmm. solve the problems. I I love that. And that's a motto that, that that I use. I use that in my work a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Because people are, are looping and they're doing the same stuff over and over again and they're expecting different results. (laughs) Right. Right. The definition of insanity. Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. Um, well, you know, for me, um, uh, I, I think it'd be fun to share uh, my relationship motto with my wife. Oh. Right. So, uh, this is something that I would recommend to all couples, you know, to um, sort of allow something like this to emerge. Mm-hmm. Right. Is way back in the beginning, and I, I think I've told you this before, Carlos, um, way back in the beginning when Tanya and I met and it was all, you know, love and roses and you know my immune system was booming right you know you fall in love and it's just Mm -hmm. it's it's amazing right and uh one day i said to her i said you know there's going to be a time when maybe we don't like each other over something you know Mm -hmm. we have a disagreement we don't see the eye to eye um i said how about we just decide that when that happens that we've already decided that it's going to be okay Mm mm-hmm you know, yeah, and we and we had an agreement. We were just dating, you know, like the first probably few weeks. Nice you use know, of
1: that's good future pacing.
2: Yeah, 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 and and we just did that, and and then it sort of became a little theme, you know, like we'd be in the midst of a disagreement or something. We would say, well, thank God we already decided that this is going to be perfectly fine, and it's and it's and it's okay, and it's quite all right. Yeah, you know, and we just sort of became like a joke, It's like a little fun <laughs> thing that we would always do. Because we were always solving the problem from the perspective that, well, it's already okay. So let's just get there, Hmm. you know? But the other thing that I really wanted to share is that, um, we developed a motto for ourselves, which was that our whole relationship would be based upon these three things, love, humor, and celebration. So, um, the love part's easy. It's understandable for people. You don't understand. Mm -hmm. Um, but, It's deciding to uh, make sure that each one of those three things was represented every single day, and not a day went by that we didn't have some love, some humor, and some celebration. Right? So I would often ask myself, "What have I done today to be loving to her?" Right? Um, Humor. Uh, Every time one of us would laugh, you know, we'd try to join in with each other and and try to seek out things that would make us laugh because, you know that was our motto. Our motto was to enjoy humor or we're going to spend our relationship with love, with humor and then celebration. And we would just go, well, what do you want to celebrate today? I don't know. Well, let's go to, let's go to the restaurant. We go to a restaurant. We sit down and we be like, so what are we celebrating? How about that? It's September 6th. What better reason is there to celebrate (laughs) than the fact that it's September 6th? doesn't mean anything. Right. But, um, we would just find any reason to celebrate or sometimes we would say it's just about celebrating celebration. Mm. You know, and so it was love, humor, and celebration. And so what was cool is by having our own little personal um, motto that we follow, um, it became a practice, you know, it became, oh, did we have love, humor, and celebration today? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know what, I feel like we haven't had enough celebration today. You know, or I feel like we haven't laughed enough today. You know what I mean? And I, might, I might try to infuse some of that in into it. But we ended up choosing those three things because they were three things that we both felt mutual agreement on, that those would, would be nice ways to live your life with each one of those three things. So any couple out there could pick one or two or three or five, I don't know, whatever it is. And they could be a different mix of things. But it's this idea that why not create something together that are three values that you both have mm-hmm. that you'd love to have those three things happen every day or those two things or whatever, whatever it might be. But um, boy, can I say, you know, we've been together for almost 21 years now. Right. And, and, and it's been a tough 21 years with, you know, her health problems. Right. Is that my goodness has that motto gone to good use right wow. i mean it's really really helped
1: so um you know yeah create them that's great um just the fact that you had the conversation in the first place is great yeah, yeah uh, lots yeah, of people yeah. wouldn't wouldn't uh wouldn't go there wouldn't dive into that but I, i'm just thinking about how you guys prepared yourself for mm-hmm. uh, potential conflict through rehearsal i mean you basically did you know in a way what what I try to do with people who are working on going back into a hostile work environment or dealing with their own anxiety or dealing with having to have a conversation that they don't want to have yeah i mean they're 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 doing rehearsal and okay. you guys did rehearsal you rehearsed um a potential future you future paced you said you know what's mm. going to be like you know with the, with the presupposition that whatever it is it's got to be good so mm. what could we What could we envision our futures to be if they were positive and how could we figure out a way of making this work? So how are we applying what we already agree upon, this love, this connection, this always working it out feeling? Yeah. How can we apply that to a future thing that hasn't happened? And then how can we rehearse that in a sense so that when you finally do it, it's like, well, I've already done this. Right. And now you're there and you have the experience and sure enough, Mm -hmm. it feels like you've already done it
2: yeah yeah that's true yeah yeah yeah, that's true it does feel like you've already done you go into the situation feeling very experienced Mm -hmm. like you're not being blindsided by this like oh i got this under under control because
1: well yeah i've been here before this is what what is referred to sometimes as uh you know consciously creating your future and a lot of people go about their business so to speak um with this idea that they have to wait for their future to happen And although there's some waiting involved, a lot of people don't realize how much of their future is truly created. They're just doing it unconsciously. They're not Mm. realizing Mm -hmm. that what they're doing is creating a future. They're creating all the steps and all the processes that are leading them to one future or another. So why not accept that you can consciously create? I mean, start with your day. Consciously create your day. I, I, I like the idea that you start your day with an intention of some kind. Yeah, you that's know. true, yeah. I think that's Did you, you do that? Is that something you I practice? I do that. I do okay. that every day. I did it this what are, morning.
2: Yeah, what, what did you do this morning? So I'm this morning, um,
1: I, well, first of all, I preceded it with a gratitude. Um, nice. I call it a gratitude wave, but people call it different things. Mm. I kind of think of it like, you know, I'm creative and I think of magic and things like that. So, I think yeah. of like I'm drawing upon all this sorcery power of gratitude and uh-huh. just pulling, using my creative mind to like pull this vibration behind me. And then I project it into the future as though that's the second stage, which is that's consciously awesome. creating my day. So, step one is um, I take a minute or two and I really just dive into free form, um, off the cuff, what I'm grateful for. mm and then as soon as I feel that I've gotten a sort of a level of automaticity around it, like mm-hmm. automaticness, if that I don't know which one of those two versions of the word is I like correct. automaticness. Okay, yeah. automaticness, automaticity, whatever. <laughs> I feel like it's, it feels like an automatic part of me has kicked in. Mm-hmm. Once that's there, the second step is I now put that into the shape that I want to create for it. So there's, uh, there's the raw material, the clay, the energy, whatever. Okay. Now I want to put it in a mold. And the mold is um, visual, auditory, kinesthetic. So I think, what am I going to see? What am I going to look for? Mm, okay. Those are two things, active and passive. Oh, what am I going to hear? Yeah. What am I going to say? Active and passive, right? Okay. Um, what am I going to feel? What am I going to create? Nice. And so I just described my day. So it's this morning great. I was just like um, you know among other things uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to look for people's brilliance and I'm going to see um, the gifts and the 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 joy of the interaction today. I'm going to yeah. see people's uh, positive benefits and I'm going to find ways of creating that so Mm. i'm gonna listen for new distinctions and i'm gonna um voice them i'm gonna voice my and and i did that today i saw new distinctions and i voiced it i'm going to um have more energy today and feel positive throughout my day and i'm going to create um, a sense of excellence in what i do i'm going to create a sense of um having achieved a level of understanding Mm. So today I was in this class and I did those things. I was able to witness myself doing what I prepared myself to do. And it does tend to be true that if I consciously create my day like that, I will see, hear, and feel the things that I decided. Hmm. I keep it somewhat open-minded. And if there's something specific, I'll I'll label that too. Yeah, But I think both can be good. I think you can say general things and I think you can say specific things and I think if you're afraid to say something specific even more reason to say it if you don't feel any aversion to either one of those things like Mm. if you're not one of those people says oh I don't know if I could achieve that well then that's the thing you need to start saying you know try to get yourself Mm. to believe at least a piece of it whatever you need to believe in order to get there so yeah, if for example I Want to achieve something that's not right in front of me? I might ask myself, "What is it that I need to believe in order to get those first pieces that will lead me to that thing that'll ultimately get me there?" Okay, yeah, that's good. Okay. You know what I mean? So yeah, I just yeah. parse it down into bite-sized chunks. Okay. <laughs> Once I get that, then I then I'm good. But consciously that's creating great. a that's day, great. yeah, and that leads into consciously creating your year and consciously mm-hmm. creating your whole future. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, and it doesn't leave it without any avenues for um surprise i mean certainly i get surprised by things and there, there's a lot of um randomness that can come in mm-hmm. to a day so i'm not saying that everything's controlled yeah. what i'm just saying is that it, th- it puts me in a better position to handle those things yeah that come up.
2: that's great um this is reminding me of um our interview with jp morgan Mm, yeah, he talked about how he has a theme for each year.
1: Yes, I and love that, that. That
2: really struck me, and um, I af- after that, you know, I, I spent about two weeks really settling in on okay, what's my because th- it was early enough in the year, mm-hmm. right? This is 2018, and mm-hmm. we're doing this so. Uh, we, we interviewed him earlier in 2018. And so it was still pretty early in the year when we did that. And so I thought, okay, it's not too late. I can <laughs> pick something for 2018. And it really did take me a couple of weeks to settle in on what it was. Because I decided mm-hmm. this isn't just something you just think of. Yeah, I mean, it, it might be, but, but I just thought I'm going to let this really emerge. What is it that I would be best to accomplish in this year as, as my own mm-hmm. theme And it was um, expanded awareness. Hmm. It just kept coming to expanded awareness. And so I keep reminding myself that this is the year of expanded awareness. Um, What can I become aware of right now in this moment that I was not previously aware of? Um, Okay, maybe it's something in my environment. Maybe it's something about, uh, you know, maybe I need to actually go online and log into something and figure out when is my last payment for, you know this thing i need i'm paying off or something mm-hmm. you know like let's let's be aware of the things that are going to shape my future mm-hmm. right and so um maybe it comes down to uh i'm gonna let something just float by and then i realize wait a minute if i let that float by with unawareness then i'm not matching my theme for the year mm-hmm. so let me dive into that just a little bit and double check something you know, let me not proceed without awareness as to what this means or what it's going to mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've not completely succeeded, <laughs> but it is the year of expanded awareness, right? Yeah. Not total awareness. I'm, I'm right. you know, you know, doing my best. I'm learning. I'm, I'm, I'm making, you know, strides you know, with that. And, and that's really what I wanted, is to have more awareness about but, things. And it helped.
1: Well, that's yeah. a great point because um, I wouldn't feel gypped or cheated if I didn't quite achieve... My uh, everything in my conscious creation uh, mindset yeah. Yeah. it's the fact that I have the conscious creation mindset that matters because I'm training my mind and my experience to um, to better experience the world. It's not about micromanaging the world or being controlling. it's about exercising my will, exercising um, my creativity, exercising. Well, my expanded awareness, expanding mm. my awareness into the things, you know what I mean. Yeah. So, right, so it doesn't right, really matter right. if I. There's nothing to achieve, really. It's just it's just yeah. expansion in a way. So you put it perfectly.
2: Yeah. Just yeah. seeing, just seeing more. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um. There, there's, there's a lot to be said for just uh, confidently exploring things and not having mm. to always let the yardstick be. Well, what's my What's my result? I mean, yes, results are important. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm in you know, doing something in the category of what they call brief therapy. It's always about results focus, right? But mm-hmm. results, th- that word result can be a nominalization, right? It's abstract. I mean, yeah. What 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 does that really mean, a result? Subjective results if they're broad can be one thing and if they're very specific that's a total Different bar, ballpark right there. Mm-hmm. You know, if my intention, my underlying intention is to experience expansion and to get a taste that I can direct my life, then I've gotten the result, even if I haven't achieved each and every single thing. It's like in previous weeks when we were talking about knock and keep on knocking, ask yeah. and keep on asking, right? seek mm-hmm. and keep on seeking. It's the process that's important for me. Yeah, and I'm getting better and better at it. And I have confidence that that has made a change in who I am, and it's definitely made a change in my human experience. I've gotten different physical specific results. Mm -hmm. I feel that Mm -hmm. it's because I've allowed myself to have room to play, to expand, to practice. Rather than being hard on myself because I didn't achieve one single thing or four different things in a space of time. You know, I mean, rather look at it in terms of, hey, what are the overall changes that have happened?
2: For the people in the sports world who know about sports john wooden is like yoda wow for people outside of sports that don't know about john wooden they should learn about john wooden yeah he's a very special person yeah he used to write one poem every day wow i mean he's just an interesting interesting person and um you know he's he's passed away um but he defined success Really simply as just knowing that you really, really did your best. There's nothing ever wrong with getting beat. You know, if you win and didn't do your best, you failed. Mm -hmm. And and really that's the lesson, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and this is one of my mottos is just that it
1: really is enough to be yourself. As I heard Michael Watson, a mentor of mine say, you've been a perfectly U shaped you." from the very beginning of you, from the very start of you, you have been a perfectly U-shaped you in this universe, this universe of you. And from the very beginning, when you were just a cell or an idea, all the way to the end of your days, you're still always going to be a perfectly U-shaped you, filling a perfectly U-shaped space that is only you. And there you are, Being you in that perfectly you-shaped space, continuing to expand into that perfectly you-shaped space, just being you. Carlos, thank you for this talk. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Seth. That was great. It was fun. (laughs) Because one of the mottos that you and I haven't followed much of is that old motto... Early to bed, early to rise, makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. Yeah. Although and, yeah. We, we have certainly gained a bit of, of, of uh, health and wealth and wisdom. Sure. But certainly not from getting to bed early. Yeah. And uh, for our listeners, these
2: podcasts are generally recorded pretty late at night. Yeah. Because that's just kind of... After long hours. days. Yeah. And, and I've always been very resistant to the motto of the early bird gets the worm. Yeah. He wants to eat worms. Ew, so, gross. Yeah.
0: You've been listening to The Authenticity Show with your hosts, Carlos Casados and Satch Purcell. The show is produced by Oliver Alteen. That's me. Our theme music is composed by Oliver Alteen. That's also me. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, Android Market, Stitcher Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. Please follow us, like us on Facebook, find us on YouTube. You can visit us at authenticityshow.com. That's our website. You can get all the episodes there. Um, and please, you know, share with your friends. If you like this podcast, let people know. We would appreciate it. Thank you very much for listening and have an authentic day.